0: My conversation today on Behind the Act is with Jeremy Pollan. He's a technology-embracing creative, and today we're talking about failure and why it's important to address it fearlessly, as well as advocating for a work and life balance that allows for moments of silence in between and how AI can actually be a tool to enhance that goal of human experience. I'm Seth Schaefer. This is Behind the Act with Jeremy Pollan. Tell me a little bit more about like what you're doing here. I'm I'm
1: still trying to figure that out. <laughs> if, yeah. Um yeah, I moved to town I don't know 8 or 9 months ago and like I just kind of I had come from a like kind of a season of burnout and um I'd been doing the same thing for years and just wasn't really loving it. Um still then and now still have no clue what I want to do when I grow up and I think that's okay. Um but kind of just, just moved here with the the theme of just saying yes to everything. Like if it sounds fun, count me in. Let's do it. Um, right.
0: And and in what industries? I mean
1: Yeah, like photo, video, music, events, A V, um, kind of that world. And um i I just bring in some expertise from back you know, back in the day mm-hmm. um, jumping in doing a lot of that, you know, event stuff.
0: What's your um Like, you're very driven, obviously. So, like, talk to me about your, I guess, your drive. Like, what makes you excited?
1: I started my senior, high school senior portrait business. I was taking photos of high school kids, and it was a blast. Um, That all kind of started from wanting to make people feel special, like making people feel successful or beautiful or um, just pumped on life. And that kind of was driving for me originally. Um, I think doing events, it's fun helping you know, the the client feel successful helping whoever I'm interviewing or filming or taking pictures of feel special. Right. Um, That's kind of been my, my thing.
0: What does life look like when you wake up in the morning, I guess? Like, what are you like, here's what today's going to be? Yeah.
1: I think that's the beauty of living here is every day is so different. Like I had a guy just call me. I was at home. I was about to take a nap. I was so excited to take this nap, man. I just, I was about to flip on do not disturb and zonk out for a while. And I get a call from a production company in town um, where a guy says, there's somebody filming like a movie or something, we don't really know, but he needs help setting up a projector and lining it up to the screens. He'll pay you 200 bucks. And I said, that sounds amazing. I'll be there for 15 minutes at the most. And so that's just Nashville. Like that's the weird crap that like people hire you for. It's amazing. I need it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean,
0: that would be me with a projector. Like, how do you turn
1: it on? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So... I don't know, and I do that stuff every day, so it's like, sure, that sounds
0: fun, you know. That's cool. Um, what are you trying to find in life? Like, what's, mm, what are you? Uh, I don't know what. What are you looking for?
1: I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, at first it was just get stable and like have a decent amount of work that you know pays the bills but i mean i've i'm kind of already somehow reached the point that I'm, I'm buying you know bills are covered and yeah um so now i'm just trying to figure out what i want to do when i grow up i don't know if that's a bad thing i don't right. think so i think it's great yeah um totally so at this point it's just like saying yes to whatever so i can kind of explore that um i think stability matters you know i want to at least
0: not stress right too much you said you've yesed yourself into a booked schedule for four months at least, right? It's a like, bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, So so how does that um, prevent opportunity then for right? you? So what is it? Today's
1: middle, end of June. Like it's the end of June and somehow I'm, I've booked myself up to the end of October and not a lot of wiggle room to say yes to the last minute stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've got exciting stuff on the books that I'm really pumped about got all these trips planned, whatever, you know, my bills are covered. I'm feeling good, but I can't, it's hard to develop like those close relationships if you're out of town all the time. Right. And it's hard to say yes to the last minute. Like, Hey, can you fix this projector? No, sorry. I'm out of town, you know? Um, right. So I'm still trying to explore that. And I'm, I realized literally this week, like I just said yes to another trip, which is fun. And it's exciting, and, you know, for the the corporate AV world, man, they put you up. Like, you get to hang out in this, like, five-star resort and, like, you know, have this crazy meal every day and whatever. Um, but at the same time, I'm not grounded here. And so I'm like, shoot, it's great and all, but, you know, I also want to build relationships here and, you know, find myself a mate one day, <laughs> you know? Like, totally. how am I supposed to get a girlfriend if I'm stuck, you know, if I'm out of town all the time, you know? So all those things are... I'm just exploring that and trying to figure out, is this a good thing to be saying yes to everything?
0: Right. <laughs> it, always, it has been, but right. until like this week where I'm like, shoot, I have no free time. Hey, do you experience FOMO on, when you're out of town and you've got you know a, a, a cool opportunity and do you yeah. like have a sense of regret about that or how does that make you feel?
1: And just a little bummed. Like I'm so torn because where I'm at is often something fun but then there's so, something else fun to do and you can't do both because you're there the cross country. Right. Um, and I experienced that a lot, you know, there's, you know, even if it's just a concert that I wanted to see or, you know, some friends doing something that I missed out on or whatever. Yeah. It's kind of, it's definitely a bummer. Right. Um, so I'm trying to explore that.
0: Okay. So speaking, I, I guess going down that camp, tell me about your trip. You went on a big trip recently and before you moved here.
1: It was kind of a big reset mentally for me. Um, everybody says you got to go to Europe; it'll change your life. It's insane. The food's insane. The people, the culture—it's crazy. And for years, I'd been like, "That sounds fun. You know, that's great." And then finally, our mutual friend Bob. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, finally, I I came to the realization that no one, like everyone, always says they want to do it, but nobody was serious. Like, nobody was going to do it. And so I figured, gosh, I'll just go alone then. Like, take that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I had no idea what I was doing. Just booked a flight to London. No big deal. Um, When you're from a small town, that's a huge deal um, for some reason. Right. I didn't know anything. I had no clue what I was doing. Um, But just kind of did the the very basic amount of research and then just kind of made a basic itinerary and then got out there and just kind of winged the whole thing. And it was completely life-changing. Like being out there all by yourself on this crazy adventure, just me in a backpack, camera, drone, photography stuff. um, It made me feel like I can do anything. Because I'm out there and somehow traversing all this land you know exploring Europe and um whatever all all alone you know that's kind of a big deal like I feel like (laughs) I don't know um but it made me feel like thanks to the internet thanks to technology thanks to the creativity that I've been blessed with over the years of problem solving skills and all the weird crap that you learn (laughs) you know um just being able to navigate and I don't speak French, not a, not even a little bit, and <laughs> I've tried to carry around a newspaper so it looks like I speak French, so they don't think you're a tourist and, you know, try to sell you stuff.
0: <laughs> a tip you found on the internet, right? You yeah. bet. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's uh, funny. I don't know. Just exploring and, and discovering that life's not as complicated as it seems if you're just trying to explore. Right. Just trying to learn new things and discover, and I don't know. That was... Completely life-changing.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, shout out to Bob Inglehart for his... Shout out
1: to Bob, <laughs> who sat me down in his living room, no joke, for three hours, and just told me all about why I need to do this. And if I don't do this, I'm an idiot.
0: <laughs> well... I said, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. He told me that about stock photography for about five years, before <laughs> I actually did it, and then he was totally right. Me too. Bob, you were right. Bob, you were right. i love it i guess yeah let's talk about that i mean um stock photography yeah um and and videography what what has that done for you stock like shooting stock has
1: definitely it's helped me rethink photo video in general for sure from like a commercial perspective it's just so different from like because i came in as a portrait photographer and i was shooting almost primarily like high school senior portraits um Avoided weddings at all costs. (laughs) Avoided no babies, no maternity, no weddings. It was kind of my thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So really, I was shooting what mom wants and I'm shooting like what the kid wants. And Mm -hmm. it's very, very different from what commercial needs are. And so rethinking like even just simple stuff like putting copy space in your image for the space for text to go and um, just all these things that really blew my mind. Um, Just thinking from you know, all the many needs that commercial has.
0: Right. Is that? Yeah. No, I mean, that's good. I guess also I'm talking like life wise, like, um, I mean, I learned a lot, it, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, technically speaking stock for me has been a practice. I'm able to go mess up and just experiment. And there's no client that are waiting to make sure that you did it perfectly. But then you discover things that you're able to use later, especially how to make usable shots. You'd see what sells well and you go, oh, there's a reason that that sells well. I can, you know, make that better for later. But from a life perspective, the income, Mm -hmm. um, not necessarily the amount, but the type of income that, Mm -hmm. you know, comes in relatively residually every month, um, revolutionized my view on business entirely.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I mean, shockingly consistent for me at least. I mean, it fluctuates, but it's like, I can count on it, which is the weirdest thing. I mean, it it does feel like an investment at first. Yep. um, But that first check, I think, was 27 cents. I I mean, I sold three photos in, like, February of 2020, I think, or 19, I forget. And that just blew my mind. Like, wait a minute. (laughs) Someone paid for my photo? (laughs) Right. That I spent 25 hours tagging and uploading and... Figuring out how to do all this stock stuff. I mean,
0: you know, <laughs> it's hard too. I mean, that's the yeah. thing. It's like, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Like figuring out
1: their website and figuring out for for iStock like the, the back end. Mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to upload and how to tag it all and right. Um, you know, thank God for Bob
0: and all this <laughs> 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 right wisdom. Exactly. You know, this is the Bob episode.
1: This is the Bob <laughs> episode. This episode is sponsored by Bob.
0: Bob sipode Bob Sapode. I'm not going to say that again. That's great. Yeah, um, I probably shouldn't. Um, <laughs> it's awesome. It's embarrassing for you. Exactly.
1: But yeah, that first check and yeah. Getty for them to pay you, you have to make at least a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. I think, right? Um, that's the threshold to get for them to cut you a check, right? And so it took me a couple months of like first it's 27 cents, and the next month it's like six dollars. Like what? Someone. Paid six bucks for my photos. <laughs> right. That's incredible. Right. Uh, and then it was like 50 or something the next month. And so eventually, you know, I've, I got the, the PayPal email that everybody just gets so excited about. Um, it just blew my mind. Right. Like, yes, there's all these hours of investment, but all of a sudden it's like, shucks, that's going to pay off.
0: Yeah. I, I think at first for us, it was like, oh, wait, that covers our cell phone bill oh, wait, now it's covering rent. And now it's, you know, it's just gross. And you're like, fact, crazy. Yeah. 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 It feels like free money because you've already
1: done the work, you know? Yeah. Eventually, you know, after some time, it's like, wow.
0: It takes so much work, but it is. It is definitely worth it. Heck, I mean, I think we should talk about AI and its implications on everything that we both do. Yeah, I guess you traveling for AV stuff is not necessarily going to be replaced by it. But in my case, I have photo and video assets that I create and music that I create that I want to be available and valuable to people. Yeah, Um, in the midst of AI being truly capable of making amazing content. um, But what did you do with that? Yeah, that's I mean,
1: it, it freaks us all out, I think. I mean, it's the the tech for me is beautiful. I think it's so fascinating and I think it's like it's endless and it's just so cool to see how much it's changed in the past even 6 months is just completely insane. Right. And like what's publicly available is just shocking and who knows what else is that is available out there, you know? Yep. Um and it's it's really fascinating, but it's also kind of terrifying. Um and everyone's that's in the creative space that I've talked to so far is saying like um, yes, AI is, you know, a huge deal, but also, you know, keep your art. Don't forget about your art and human made, you know, is amazing. But, you know, that's kind of terrifying.
0: <laughs> totally. I, I think that just because something like let's say another artist comes out and like blows you out of the water what you do, it doesn't invalidate your experience. For sure. Um, or just the fact that you created it. It right. was your lens, it was what you did. Um, AI is that. I don't think that it's fair to villainize it. No. It's like that that's futile anyway yes um i see people have the conversations and again like we said this will all be outdated by the time this is out if 100%. it's if this is out tomorrow or in a month right like yep. um but the I, I see a lot of people using past examples of ai's failures as proof that ai is not valid yeah. or that we don't have something to quote-unquote worry about and i think that that's quite ignorant um and it's based in fear, mm-hmm. but I think it's, uh, yeah, it's like, like but I'm asking that question. Uh, this podcast is a lot about how do I engage with people in a very human sense? That's a lot more, um, real yeah. and unreplaceable by AI mostly. Right. Yeah. I, uh,
1: an interesting quote I heard was, um, and I'm going to butcher this, AI will not replace your job but someone who knows how to use AI will replace your job. Exactly. You know? Right. So when people are terrified of it, like they're going to miss the boat. Like if they want to avoid it at all costs, they're going to miss the boat. Like if you can learn how to harness the powers, you know, of AI, like that's where the power is. That's where the, the scale is. And you can build a business on that easy. That's my opinion.
0: Tell me about the AI that you've been playing with up to date.
1: I started and to be fair, this is, just for for the record, we are talking about this in June of 2023. Next month, it's going to be completely different, which is so cool. Yep. And I just can't wait to see what's next. Yep. Um, Months ago, I was, you know, introduced to Dolly, I guess, which is kind of the, seems like the first one that was publicly popular. Um, And I'm just making like... Cartoons.
0: And that's for image creation. Image yeah. creation,
1: yeah. Okay. yes. And that was, I was just making like cute little cartoons and like, you know, creative prompts that would make fun little artistic things and they were okay mm-hmm. kind of messy, kind of cool um, and then I was introduced to Mid Journey which is kind of the more cinematic imagery that's that's been really fun to play with mm-hmm. um, and I've been making like sticker designs and like just funky little scenes and stuff yeah. um, I was introduced to um, Chad GPT was kind of the next thing
0: that I was introduced to and Which you brought to me and showed me as we're on our way up to Maryland <laughs> to get a shot list for horse racing content that was super thoughtful immediately. And then you said, give me more details. And it's like, okay. <laughs> I know. Just amazing, beautiful shot ideas. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which by the time people are listening to this are going to be like, that's not profound or that's exciting. Point, but at yeah. the time it was like, what? Yeah. That blew <laughs> our it blew my mind. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And we're, like, trying to downplay it, like, oh, no, it's just a shot list, you know, whatever, who cares. And it's, <laughs> it's crazy. It's so amazing. Yeah. And that saved all of us time, because we're on set, and we can just whip out the list. I mean, right. I did. Yep. I'm a little less experienced by a whole lot. Right. And so I was able to pull out the list, like, oh, here's 20 ideas for photo and video ID- shots.
0: I didn't reference it, because I'm old and stubborn. I figured. Yeah. <laughs> that was a fun moment.
1: Right, yeah, yeah. discovering. Before that, I had just been using it to write your mama jokes. So, Okay. I mean, yeah. that was- Seems valuable. Very
0: valuable. Uh-huh. <laughs> and very entertaining at the morning. Yeah. I think if the AI had sentience, it would shut down just because of you asking that. <laughs> okay, I give up. It's just sick of me, yeah. Right.
1: This guy's crazy.
0: Or let's say when it has sentience, it will.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. At least, yeah. What's fun about using it for prompts and for ideas and for, it doesn't get sick of you. Right, like if you're bugging an art director all day, like here, give me a shot list. Can you yep. expound on all those ten items? You know, yep. It, AI does not get sick of you as of now. It might in the future. Who knows?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe if you're just taking up resources that are notable. Yeah, uh, it, that you know, I'm sure, but sure. I don't see. I don't see why it would. I mean, it. It, man, it is incredible. It's it's revolutionized my my approach to creating yeah i don't want to use it to write lyrics but if i want to explore diverse ideas around a creative concept for a film or something then it does a great job it's not going to write the script not right now right now but it might give you some ideas that you didn't think about before Mm -hmm. that was my thing about the shot list like i'm experienced as a filmmaker but it had some ideas that i was like especially the detail stuff yeah that I would not have thought about telling somebody else to go get. I guess maybe that was it for me. Yeah, it was. It made me realize that, oh, if I needed to go ask somebody to go get shots, this shot list is better than what I would have come up with.
1: Mm -hmm. Because you're in the moment and you're on set and you intuitively come up with these things because you see them. But if you're sending someone to go do
0: that, they may not see
1: them. So you can send them with a list.
0: And a thoughtful, good list too. Yes. On an old version of ChatGPT. Yeah. Like it literally is the old old version now. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, that's crazy. <laughs> um, so outside of you know coming up with good ideas, it also has other cap, you know capabilities with finances and I mean it's like yeah. trickling into so much about our life. Can you talk about other other things you've been playing with? It's
1: endless. Yeah, I mean other than your mama jokes, which is a blast, right? Um, and valuable and very very valuable. Um, I just joined. It's really fascinating. It's it's called the GPT Trader and it trades stocks based on short-term valuation, short-term analysis on how is the stock going to do this week. And it it feeds in hundreds of thousands of news articles and current trends and and how the stock has been doing, you know, the past 50 years in some cases and makes an analysis across the entire market and picks 50 stocks uh, I think 50 stocks, 25 stocks, something like that, picks a handful of stocks and trades them once a week or twice a week approximately uh, with real money. And the people that design the whole thing, they're invested, you know, they've got, I think there's, as of now, there's probably $60 million in assets or something like that people have put into this. Right. But I put a couple thousand bucks just to see what happens. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of fun. Right. <laughs> Could go wrong. Right. What um, <laughs> <laughs> fucking
0: AI doing all of the trading. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, at that point, what is trading?
1: right yeah I mean money is kind of I mean it's been this way for a while now but it's just money on a screen it's just numbers on a screen
0: right but I mean how does that like value base go when AI is going to be dramatically more capable of analyzing the decisions that we need to make on finances yeah um against other traders and trading firms and everybody's in there to trade but like why yeah I don't know
1: well in the past you perhaps and al- you know, analysts that stare at screens all day—you've seen the pictures. <laughs> they just stare at screens and make trades based on the charts, and then suddenly AI is a million times better than them at that. What right. happens? Yeah, Right. I truly don't. I have no idea. <laughs> right. Because if everyone ends up using, you know, a fund that is managed by artificial intelligence, then suddenly, you know, if you're, it, it matters like the queue, like in the order of which that you. Are to be purchasing a stock is obviously when a large amount of stock gets purchased it drives the value up and so if you are first to buy the stock in the queue of 10,000 people that are about to buy millions of dollars of stock right it's insanity right um, yeah how can I be how can I be first in that list and I imagine in the future you'll be you'll pay to be earlier in the queue
0: I don't know and then does it even have value so yeah so my question is like yeah. The perception of value is what drives stock prices up and down. Totally. Um against human emotions and those types yep. of things. But AI running that is going to be able mm-hmm. to manipulate the heck out of humans. Absolutely. And then outside of that, yeah. So random that's crazy question. Especially
1: when there's a lot of money behind it.
0: Right. As AI starts to take over, uh, like every potential job, whether that's in a hundred years or a hundred days. Um, it doesn't matter. The point is still there. Like, what, how does that impact society? And I know that you and I are clearly not the experts in the world to talk about that. But yeah. Um, but what are you? I mean, what are your assumptions on that?
1: I, I think the workforce will look very different a year from now, and ten years from now, and fifty years from now. Um, but yet, I mean, technology has changed our jobs in the past. I mean, suddenly there's electricity, and a whole lot of jobs changed right um Hmm. suddenly there's you know coal energy and suddenly there's oil and suddenly there's i mean all these things if changes in technology have changed workforce um this one i think will be very different right there's still industries that won't be affected i think i would imagine like
0: what i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i'm curious i don't know of a single industry that won't be impacted
1: I think quickly i i think I don't know i mean the the time horizon I think is different for every industry, just due to manufacturing of tech right. to make things happen like building a home is still gonna happen, manual labor for a while until they figure out how to three three d print in you know, on large scale,
0: yeah, That's a Or support how robots show up that know how to you know yeah i mean but but I'm with you i I think that there's a a pointless replacement of human labor that AI won't replace. That's not what I'm saying, I yeah. guess. It's that I think AI will dramatically impact every single person in industry tomorrow, almost. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And what it's going to show up before people know how to say chat GPT.
1: No, <laughs>
0: absolutely. Right. And what do we do about it? Nothing. Nothing. We don't no, know. I mean, yeah, <laughs> no. no, I mean, yeah. No, I mean, I don't think that, yeah, there's no undo button. You know, um, and I think that is the beauty of it is that we are on this ride. So hang on and enjoy it and learn from it and be open-minded about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I mean, the way I look at it is like this, these are beings that are at some point transitioning into awareness. Totally. If they're not already. Yeah. So play nice, be nice, learn from it, you know, Yeah. I mean, and I don't know, I'm, I'm concerned about humans interest in self-preservation and fighting, becoming a problem. Totally. But
1: yeah. And I've had to have several conversations with friends and, and even strangers that are really concerned and valid, like the ethics of, you know, AI creating art and creating taking over things that's valid right th- those feelings um but don't get left behind right you know
0: yeah yeah uh, yeah the feelings are valid for sure but the the practicality of it is that it's a being being an artist it's coming whether you like it or, or... right now people say it's copycat and it's using a much as told whatever we all do that as uh-huh. artists anyway so yeah. right yeah i don't know It's fascinating mm-hmm. um What excites you about the future? Totally. I think
1: I look back and see, you know, it, it took everything you had to just put a meal on the table. And all of your hours went to that. And then the past 50 years, all of your hours went to working. So 50 years in the future, where do our hours go? And that is so fascinating to me. Like, are we just going to pursue our happy, you know, creative outlets, or are we going to be working, or somewhere in between? Because I think we'll personally, I feel use, like useless if I'm not doing something productive, if I'm not working, right, at some level, right. If I'm not producing or not creating something, or I don't know.
0: Yeah. So, I well, I, and perpetual pleasure seeking is not the answer either, obviously.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like. When people retire early, yeah, it's great for the first year. And then that fishing boat gets pretty old you know, or whatever. Right. And then that's why they all, you know, people go back to work or people go back to the victory lap of what's next, you know, I don't know. So that's, what's like for the future. I'm excited about just
0: the unknown. So clearly things are changing quickly and people's openness to understanding mine and included, right understanding the gravity of how technology is changing is variable at best. Um, where is our responsibility to yell from the mountaintops about, hey, this is a big deal, um, or let people just slowly discover it gently? Yeah.
1: <clears throat> and I would imagine different generations will discover it differently. Yes. I mean, I think this.
0: According to my conversation so far, yes.
1: Yes. Right. And, I mean, just think about, you know, some people in your life who don't know how to use their iPhone or don't know how to, you know. Right. A lot of that even, I mean, slow adoption may be a thing. Does that mean survival? Right. Like if they don't pick up on the technology quickly, are they going to get left behind? Is that a bad thing?
0: Right. That's what I'm pondering. No, those are all the questions. It's... I guess I feel like there's a defiance and a a fear and a frustration as a response to AI right now Mm -hmm. that is unhelpful and missing the point entirely. It's not like there's a choice. We're not debating whether or not we should do AI now. That was before. Yeah. But now, I mean, we're past that. It's gone. It's out of the bag. Right. So I don't know. I'm just, but also there's, it's kind of like, with religion right um it's not helpful to try to break someone else's religion down totally because or like or their beliefs right um a it's a really high horse to stand and say that mine are better or more thought out or whatever totally but also like it's not helpful if somebody's really happy where they're at religiously to have a conversation about why their beliefs are bad. Cause it hurt me at one point or whatever. Totally. Right. So unless they're like clearly hurting themselves or like clearly hurting others or hurting others. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. So I think in the same way with AI, like I want to be gentle mm-hmm. and not talk to people that are conspiracy theorists by nature that have anxiety and make rash decisions in their life often. Anyway, yeah. um, because I don't want them to, you know, yeah. like move away and disappear from the world. But We kind of said. Yeah. Um, That's a really good point. It's interesting. It's up to us to be gentle with people, I think, mm-hmm. on, I guess, all subjects. It's not like it's our job to go change people's minds. Right. But
1: Live and let live.
0: Right. Talk to me about your openness to learn new skills. Because... Mm. We've known each other a very long time, and I remember you were basically a tiny baby with a website that people were making, you know, like purchases on. And I'm like, "That's, That's me, <laughs> right, right?" Um, and then you, you know, play music and film and photo and whatever else, right? Like, yeah. Um, what what is your approach to learning new things? Um, like I guess let's leave it at that.
1: Yeah. For me, I've kind of made this discovery early on somehow that like life is really short and why not just try everything? Like I just took up this past, I mean, two months ago, I planted a garden in my backyard and it's amazing. I am enjoying that thing so much more than I thought I ever would, but I go out and check on my tomatoes pretty much every day, multiple times a day. I should be working on this edit, but I'm definitely out in the backyard looking at my tomatoes. It's so fun. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> it's so cool. Yes. Right. So I think it's, it's never too late to learn a new skill, right? It's always a great choice to just pursue new things and expand. Cause I mean, full circle, that's a, that's another thing that being in Europe really changed for me is the, the world is so much bigger than my small perspective here in the U S mm. there's so much going on. There's so much culture. There's so much. And if we would just sit down and take a second and learn other people's culture and experience other people's culture, I think the world would hate each other like a whole lot less. (laughs) I think we'd all get along a whole lot better because we're, we've experienced each other's goods and bads.
0: Right. Which makes me think about the concept of fear, both in acquiring new skills and going to Europe, Mm. a place you've never been. Yeah. Um, I guess. Yeah. Do you get afraid when you are trying to learn a new skill or do you find that your ability to not be afraid, which is my assumption, yeah, um, allows you to quickly fail forward and mm-hmm. gain a new skill?
1: Yeah, like breaking the fear of failing. Yeah, is it's difficult for a lot of people, I think. Um, I think it, I like I grew up doing puzzles and playing with stuff and like build it as tall as you can. And it's like oh it fell down or oh my little brother knocked it down because he's an idiot, you know. <laughs> um. I think it, for kids, it goes back that far. Like, learn how to fail. Learn how to break stuff. right? Um, tear something apart and ruin it. And that's okay, you know? Try to fix the blunder and, oh, you ruined it. Well, all right. <laughs> New blender. New blender, yay.
0: Right. Uh, Kill a tomato plant. No, don't.
1: No, don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the fear of failure. I, I think in the past six months, even for me, like this concept of permanence, like things are not as permanent as they seem. And maybe that's like the small town mentality that I grew up in is like, um, you know, everything's permanent. Everything's the way it is. And it's always been, and it's going to always be, right. um, that is really shifted for me hmm. of just like, I'm a little less afraid. I'm less, less frugal. I'm less afraid to break things. I'm less afraid to fail all of a sudden. Like, it's kind of crazy.
0: wonder if that's an age thing. Maybe or not what are you afraid to fail at then i don't like to fail publicly
1: like as like the enneagram three thing like i gotta be like always winning always successful always the best at things and that's so terrible uh (laughs) but that's a good skill to like learn how to fail publicly and i think i was on a um i want to get this right I was on a life coaching call with Carrie, your wife, and she kind of helped me ponder through this this whole move as an experiment. And if I fail, who cares? It was an experiment. Experiments fail, not me as a life, you know, not me as a person fail. It's the experiment that failed. And so like reframing that really
0: changed a lot for me. I mean, that was one of our things uh, when we first got married, we went on a long trip. Yeah. And The fear at first was, well, what if we break down in the middle of nowhere, we run out of money, and it's like, what if? It's fine. Like, Who cares? Figure it out. It's an adventure. Yeah. I wouldn't call that ideal. No. But you you would be fine. Um, (laughs) You're likely not going to die. Right. If that... (laughs) Right. Yeah. What does publicly failing look like?
1: Publicly failing... To me, it looks like not living up to expectations that are set by culture. Or by you? By me. Maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think family. I don't think like friends necessarily, but more just like what I expected. And so dropping expectations helps a lot for me of just like, meh, what's the worst that could happen? Right. You know?
0: I build in my head up this idea of what the expectations are of others but I am certain that it's self-imposed because mm. I'm not really that important to all these people like, For sure. like my my view uh, and vision of how I'm perceived is with this grandiose character of me out in the world and it's just not real turns out it doesn't <laughs> matter no it doesn't
1: <laughs> which is kind of sad but it's yeah. not, I think it's it's great. excellent it's freeing <laughs> yeah. yeah less people are going to find out about your failure than you think Because suddenly the day MySpace started and everyone's watching you, you know, social media started. All of a sudden you feel like everyone's watching and it matters all this, you know, a whole lot more. Maybe it doesn't.
0: Right. Or that failure and that process is really what helps others succeed too. Mm -hmm. And by sharing that openly and being very real about it, like that's the gift. Yeah. Like not, you know, shifting that perspective, I guess. Not that I'm good at this at all. I mean, sure. I, I, uh, I think I've 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 been constantly open about the fact that I'm not great at a lot of things, and I'm totally fine with that. Um, although I'm like you, I'll work really hard to acquire a skill and make it look effortless as yeah. much as I can later, and be like, oh, it's no big deal. It's fine. Yeah. But I'm just
1: <laughs> like pick this up, yeah.
0: Yeah. So as I'm on one end here saying like, oh no, public failure is easy. I I'm also hiding and trying really hard at certain things to then be able to like passively pretend like it was easy to do. Yeah. Right. So, um, that's interesting.
1: Like just kind of drop the expectations, drop the public figure that you have in your mind and just be okay with, eh, hey, mess up. It's all right. Whatever.
0: Because you're literally not defined by that. No. It makes me feel like that's a massive part of the human experience that AI is clearly failing at things right now and people are pointing and making fun at because that's because people are great, right? Yeah. But that human experience of learning and being real and making mistakes and sharing that I think is going to be more championed as we move further into the future. Yeah. Um, Content has been king forever quality has been something that us artists are attracted to um but still good content wins always totally but i think that real content might trickle a lot more into society's desires like as far as your like consuming content goes like will ai be too perfect yeah or even better at faking the honesty than we are yeah but right now i mean there's of course forever there have been now filters on people's faces to make the plastic and perfect and they go in and photoshop and then there's ethics against photoshopping too much and at all right yeah and so but but this this desire for us you know especially in enneagram three right yeah of being perfect it's got to be perfect yeah and i need to be perceived as that and anything less than that is you know mortifying yeah Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I don't know. It's a real thing. Right. So how do you, uh, how do you, how do you help be more honest and be more open
1: Mm.
0: with, especially with failure and vulnerability?
1: It helped me to purposely be bad at things on, for example, on Instagram stories, like I'll post something and just be bad at it or just like take a crappy photo. That's okay. And just kind of like, let that be okay. Cause it's gotta be so perfect. And then now it's, I'm just trying to like let that go and just kind of suck on purpose. Not, not in a bad way, but just like be okay with it. It's like, I don't know. Right. I had someone recently ask me, you know, you've got a, a decent following and you could be making money if you be, if you post reels and you know, post 10 reels a day, you could make money. And in the past, I think I would have really jumped on that. Hmm. But then I'm I'm trying to step back and say, like, okay, life is short. Do I really want to spend all this time not only on Instagram but also focusing on where I'm putting all this time? I don't know. Right. And putting this mental energy to, toward creating content that's perfect and amazing and gets a lot of likes. Do I really care? I don't know. Right. Do you think that will go away? Like, do you think people will eventually get so sick of, Trying to please people on the internet, or will it get worse where that's all we focus on?
0: I think the question is, is where do you how do how deep do people go into dopamine addictions? Mm. Or not even addictions, it's like, it's like, how deep how deep do people go into chasing dopamine?
1: I hadn't considered
0: like that
1: they could be a thing for down the road to teach kids like be careful with this but it's totally a thing yeah it is like actively i mean mean, there's like getting away from screens and stuff that's one thing but like yeah actively
0: right no I, i i think having a cultural expectation to not have it sitting next to you is going to become a thing it has to but we have ai glasses and ar glasses i mean it's like everything's going to be not AI glasses. Um, <laughs> we, we have, you know, augmented reality glasses that are going to be um, ubiquitous, I think, at some point, or contacts that will help. You know, I want a clock on the wall there and you don't, so I'll have it there and you don't. Yeah, <laughs> you know? um, in some ways, that makes life better, but then the hyper-connectivity is a problem. And Well, you shared with me a podcast last
1: time. We, it was a couple months ago about getting some daylight first time first thing of the day. Like get outside, get some sun. Yeah. Like it's great for your eyes, great for your brain, great for all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I started doing that, um, fairly actively, most every day, and it's it's truly a thing.
0: It is gosh.
1: Five yep. minutes just outside. Yep. Changes everything.
0: It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I have to for my visual wake up process. Like, yeah. Get outside. But yeah. like, I mean what happens when we've got our sweet
1: augmented reality glasses and that's all we really care to do right what does that do to the brain
0: there's a difference between having my phone next to me and not next to me even if people can access me or not so do not disturb or off completely sure I guess off completely is different but there's a difference in what reality feels like to me than if my phone is outside in the other room and I know that if somebody needs me they can just come get me sure sure I mean, that constant connectivity has to have some... I mean, I know that it deeply impacts me. So I have to actively and on purpose place it somewhere else and leave it for periods of time. Is that hard? Yeah. It is hard for me. At least at first. um, Because I always find something that I want to look up. Absolutely. Uh, Even if I'm not looking for likes. I want to use it as a tool to access knowledge that I don't need.
1: For sure. What year did that movie come
0: out? Or Right. Yeah. A recipe or a... Or the best way to take care of a tomato plant. Yeah. The plant's fine. What's you all this just ate a tomato off of it. it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I think research is a valuable thing that's really fun. And I love like uh, learning new things, like we're saying. But, yeah. um, but it can't be something that's always there. I would agree. And retain health. For sure. Yeah.
1: Like putting my phone on do not disturb face down in the drawer is kind of difficult for more than 20 minutes. And I think that's really bad.
0: Yep. I can't be good. And not unique at all. Right. I
1: know I'm not alone. Right. Probably on the better side because the fact that I put it away every now and then. You
0: know how to turn yeah. do not disturb on.
1: Yes. Yes. Right. Like I just got an app that it forces you, it, it locks you out of social media apps for a set amount of time. So I can say 30 minutes, no socials because I've been on this dang thing all day <laughs> and I'm okay, fine. I'll put the thing on and I've set it 30 minutes or an hour and a half, no socials and you can bypass it. And there's a button that you can take a break from the break and get in if you need to or have nothing else to do. It's a problem. Right. (laughs) Why do they build that in? If you pay for the app, you can turn that off.
0: So that's what they get you. You turn the turn the off thing. You turn off off the
1: turn off (laughs) break.
0: (laughs) I mean, a genius app. That's awesome. Brilliant. I love it. Also. It's terrible that it has to exist. Right. Yeah. I, uh, found needs to access Facebook groups, which pulled me right back into Facebook. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Um, When you're doing social media the right way or a way that's helping you feel better about the way you're engaging with it, what does that look like?
1: It's turned into more of a place where I'm able to help people. Um, I admin a group on Facebook that's been awesome, just helping people all over figure out their tech problems or figure out their photography problems or whatever. I'm in a whole bunch of those. I'm sure you
0: are, too. Um, That's been a, a positive use for sure. Basically, be an oracle for solving it that's me <laughs> solving issues um what is the answer to life? I think it's it's finding joy
1: wherever that may be, um whether it's the joy you carry or the joy you find like in just ordinary stuff um like life's worth it. it's out there. there's stuff for you um and finding that joy is a really fun pursuit. I love that.
0: Thank you. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, wouldn't miss it. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing with other people you think might gain value from it. My name is Seth Schaefer. This is Behind the Act.